Welcome to the American Constitution Society's Twitter space about how our Constitution is in jeopardy. I'm Reska, Senior Advisor for Communications and Strategy at ACS, and I'm joined today by Russ Feingold, President of ACS, and by Peter Prindeville. Russ and Peter are the co-authors of the new book, The Constitution in Jeopardy, which details how the far right is striving to use Article 5 of the Constitution to radically rewrite our fundamental law, and it discusses what we can do about it. Before we get started, I also want to encourage everyone to check out the latest episode of our Broken Law podcast, which also features Russ and Peter in a conversation about this same topic. You can find Broken Law on ACS's website or wherever you get your podcasts. Russ and Peter, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Jeannie. It's good to be on. Thanks so much, Jeannie. I'm going to turn this over to you both with this starting question. Why is the Constitution in jeopardy? Well, uh, we're very concerned, in addition to all the other things that are happening that are threatening our democracy in kind of a shocking way, that there's another sort of quiet movement going on around this country uh, that would fundamentally alter our Constitution in a way that is deeply disturbing. Uh, this is because there is a route for constitutional change under Article 5 of the Constitution that is unlike the one most of us know. The one most of us know is that you can change the Constitution if two-thirds of both houses of the Congress vote for a constitutional amendment, send it to the states, and then three-quarters of the states ratify it. However, the founders of our country put another provision in that's never been successfully employed. But what it is is that if two-thirds of the states, that's 34 states, petition or apply for a constitution, Congress is obligated to call that convention. And we see there, there a jeopardy because we believe the topics that could be covered there would not only be unlimited, but would be heavily balanced in favor of the far right. And uh, I think Peter can certainly elaborate. And we also say there's a second jeopardy uh, that's inherent to the amendment mechanism, and that's that really is too hard to amend the Constitution, and that this has uh, created a lot of problems in our politics and our law, and that uh, we need to start a new national conversation about formal constitutional change in the 21st century. Yeah, so your book really details the threat that our Constitution faces from this this effort over the last several years by the far right to convene a constitutional convention. Talk to me about this this threat that I think for many of us, we don't hear that much about. Right. I mean, this has been building for years. And the fact is that we uncovered uh, the history of this. There have been other times in American history where movements have sought to call a constitutional convention and have forced changes through Congress, such as the uh, Progressive Era, where the 17th Amendment that allows for the direct election of senators came out of that, uh, women's right to vote under the 19th Amendment. But there have been other attempts which have been trying to do this in a way uh, that have not succeeded. However, this is the first time there is really a ferment for this kind of change, driven especially by the right. Uh, and it sort of began with things about the balanced budget amendment and concern about uh, reapportionment. A lot of the conservatives in the country didn't like the idea of one person, one vote. But in recent years, especially since the election of President Obama, there has been a flurry of applications uh, for what appears to be an agenda, a rather comprehensive far-right agenda, to basically gut the power of the federal government. And they are working hard. They have had, as you say quietly, but they have had practices in 2013, 2016. They had a very elaborate session where they basically acted this whole thing out, started training for it, and frankly, they're way ahead of the rest of us because they are very seriously, quietly planning to undo our Constitution. And the problem, Jeannie, with this uh, amendment mechanism or the convention mechanism under Article 5 is that 
it is complete, almost completely limited, unlimited. And so a convention under Article 5 could propose almost any change to the, to the Constitution. And so it's, a, it's, a, it's a quite the powerful mechanism and one that we need to be paying a lot closer to attention, attention to. And the problem, the reason it's going to be so tilted toward the right, if, if these folks have their ways, they argue, we think wrongly, that the way a convention should work is that each state delegation would get just one vote. So that means a wildly malapportioned convention, not one based on the will of the American people, or as we like to say, the way the Constitution begins, not by we the people, it's by the states. And we know that that is wildly malapportioned. You might think of it as the Electoral College on steroids, even less representative, even less representative than the United States Senate, which is, of course, wildly unrepresentative from the point of view of the population. And here what they're doing is dealing with actually rewriting this fundamental document. Peter, you use the word unlimited. Can I ask you to expound on that? If what is a constitutional convention? Like, what are we talking about? If one were to be convened, what would it look like? Well, we don't know exactly what it would look like. Part of the problem is, is that the framers left no rules about how the convention would actually work. But we do know this: the power of the convention is almost unlimited in terms of its ability to propose amendments to the people of the states. The only topic that's off limits per the Constitution is the equal suffrage of the states in the Senate. So beyond that, a, a convention convened under Article 5 has incredible power. It could draft changes to uh, you know, almost all contentious political issues, social issues. And so um, it, it's something we need to be paying a lot of, a lot of close attention to. And the right believes that, that the way that they would vote at these conventions is not a supermajority, like what is required for a constitutional amendment usually. They would say probably that, look, as long as you get a majority of the states, it goes up. So it would be just 26 states. It wouldn't be three quarters. It wouldn't be two thirds. They would take that view and they are pushing it very hard. Can you elaborate, Russ, on what their goals are? The book really talks about how they, they could radically rewrite the Constitution. What is their agenda? What are the, some of the things that, that they could be pursuing here? Well, this is an important question because, you know, you can say you can use scare tactics and say, look, they could do anything. You know, they, they could try to reinstitute slavery. They could take a woman's right to vote away. All right. That's not what they're going to try to do. And that's not really the way they're going to do it. What they're going to do, and they've already told us because they passed a number of these things at this Williamsburg mock convention. What they're going to try to do is fundamentally undo the power of the federal government to do what it needs to do to protect our lives, to defend our country. And so they passed uh, resolutions or amendments that would uh, curtail the power of the federal government in many critical areas, including the environment. They want to greatly curtail the ability of administrative agencies like the Environmental Protection Agency to do what it does or occupational health and safety. They uh, passed a, a provision that would have eliminated the income tax completely. That would be unconstitutional. And the people of this country had to rise up against the Supreme Court in the past and say, when the Supreme Court said that income tax was unconstitutional, they passed the 16th Amendment to make sure it could be used. And finally, the one that appears to be their, their prize, prize amendment, they want 30 states to be able to vote to override any federal law or any federal regulation. So, yes, they can do other things, too. They can and they probably would try to ban abortion, ban gay marriage and do those things. But it seems that their first goal is to really uh, co completely uh, eviscerate the power of the federal government as it currently exists. That's really terrifying. In the book, though, you talk about twin Jeopardies. And Peter, I want to go back to you on, on this, because one of the 
really defining features of the Constitution is that it is that it can be amended. Can you talk to me about how the Constitution, how amendment featured into the Fathers' vision for the Constitution? Sure. Well, it was um, it was foundational. It's quite clear that the framers at the 1787 Convention saw constitutional amendment as the cornerstone uh, of the American constitutional tradition. George Washington uh, is, is remarked that, you know, he didn't he didn't want to go to the 1787 convention. And when it adjourned, he said that the, the Constitution as drafted was was flawed. It had imperfections in his words. But he recommended to his fellow citizens that the document be ratified precisely because it could be changed. And so we argue in the book that this is really a lost element of the American constitutional tradition. And part of the reason why it's been lost are, are the myriad un, unanswered questions about how certain elements of the amendment process work. And that's really what is animating this, the, the first jeopardy of this uh, new trouble with an Article 5 convention. And so we argue that we need to address this, that having a, an amendment mechanism that doesn't function well in practice has done a whole lot of harm to our law and, and to our, our politics. So let's build on that, because in the book, you advocate for a new kind of constitutional politics. What do you mean by that? Well, what we mean is that we need to create an amendment procedure that allows the people to be considering constitutional questions as a first order matter, rather than relying solely on the courts, the executive branch, and, and some, to some extent, Congress to be the sole arbiters of constitutional meaning. And so we argue that this, it, it's foundational both to the Constitution itself and its culture, but also our national culture, uh, that the people are the, are the font of all power and thus should be debating these, these foundational constitutional questions as a first order inquiry. And that requires uh, a, a new politics, as we say, uh, which involves you know, procedure and the like, but also a culture of, of having these kinds of debates in the public square. And so our book aims to both be a warning, but also to propose this way forward. And what is that way forward? What, what would it look like if we were to have a new kind of constitutional politic in this country, Russ? Well, it has to begin, of course, with the attitude that, that the people of the country generally should be the ones driving this, not a particular ideological group, small group that doesn't represent the country. But it requires practical changes to Article 5. Article 5 has to be formally amended in order for this to be accomplished. And so we propose a number of things that would make this different than the current Article 5. Right now, we have the hardest constitution to amend in the entire world. And it has really become a problem, despite the fact, as Peter pointed out, that George Washington really believed that we should be able to amend the Constitution in a reasonable way. So we begin by saying, let's ratify uh, an amendment that proposes that the ratification of proposed amendments be by popular referendum, requiring both a majority vote in a sufficient number of states, so it might be a supermajority of states, but also a majority vote of all the qualified voters in the nation. So that's where you get that, that popular element. I also think that we probably should lower the vote thresholds for proposing a constitutional amendment by Congress. So right now it's two-thirds in both houses. That might be too high, and that would require a constitutional amendment to change that. And we think it's really important that there be a provision of the General Convention regulations that, you know, provide some rules. Said the, the, the truth here is there's, there's no rules. We need rules regarding application counting, topic limitations, and an explicit grant of authority to Congress 
to be able to set forth general regulations for a convention, because if there are no rules, we are going to have one of the worst constitutional crises in American history. As people try to gather for a convention like this, others will say it's completely illegitimate and we will be in a constitutional crisis. The key element of, of our book here is that you know, constitutional amendment and formal constitutional change is legitimate and it can be a good thing. Uh, and we need to craft a, a, a politics and a culture that allows it to be, uh, to be a reasonable and safe method for constitutional reform. I really like that point, Peter. And I, I want to ask Russ to expound on that. Russ, I'm going to ask you to put your ACS hat on here because in the current moment, it is very difficult to amend the Constitution. And one of the consequences of that is it gives the Supreme Court enormous power to dictate what the Constitution says. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, I mean, this difficulty that clearly the founders assumed that the, the people and the elected representatives of the states would be deeply involved in constitutional decisions, what how the Constitution should read, how it should be interpreted. Sadly, we now have this obsession with the Supreme Court. And what uh, comes with the obsession with the Supreme Court is the tremendous desire of big money and political partisanship to take it over, because that's where the action is. And that's exactly what's happened. We call it in the book, a conservatorship constitution. In other words, somehow our democracy is being taken care of by these nine people and the various groups and interests that support them. And now, as, as, as we point out at the American Constitution Society, we believe that that body has lost a lot of its legitimacy, that the Supreme Court is no longer that body where you think, well, they're just going to rule on the basis of what's a reasonable interpretation. What they now do is follow very clear partisan agendas on sometimes narrow issues of great importance to people, such as abortion and, and the right to bear arms. And so what we have is an obsession with, you know, who's going to be the justice? How long is the justice going to live? Uh, how young should the replacement be? What's going on behind closed doors? What's going on with the shadow docket? It isn't about what the people believe the Constitution be or the court trying to interpret it. It's gamesmanship. And it has become very, very damaging, not only to the court, but to our democracy and to the legitimacy of our entire system of government. So we believe proper changes in the amendment process itself is part of the solution. And talking about solutions, what can people do about this? It's great that you're really raising the alarm on this and making sure that people are aware of, of what the far right is pursuing. But what can what can readers of your book do to help inform more people of this concern? Well, they should buy the book and <laughs> they should they should help their neighbors figure out what we gradually figured out. You know, this book came out of a course that I was teaching at Stanford Law School where I had this really smart student, Peter Brindeville. And, you know, we were literally studying this. We didn't go in there with any agenda. We just wanted to be do something that hadn't really been done at American law schools, which is, you know, let's let's examine what Article 5 is. It it's clearly was intended to be important, but it's, it's essentially in our law schools in our country. So that was our goal. But then as we got deeper into it, we realized there is a need for the public to know not just about the fact that the right's trying to call this convention, that's serious, but the public needs to know what is harming our democracy because we don't have a good way to, to fix the Constitution. And it does need to be fixed in some ways. We have founding failures of this Constitution as we at ACS made our theme. Our theme this year is democracy's moment of truth. Our theme the previous year was the founding failures of the Constitution. The fact that African Americans and women and Native Americans weren't even in the room. And so our, our goal here is to have people help each other see this talk to each other about it, discuss it, and yes, be aware of what's being attempted and how it can be very harmful, but also advocate for people to be engaged in a serious public civic conversation of what do you think our Constitution should be? 
And Peter, can you remind us what the book is called and where they can find it? It's called The Constitution in Jeopardy, an unprecedented, an unprecedented effort to rewrite our fundamental law and what we can do about it. And it's available anywhere books are sold. Uh, and we hope uh, you'll enjoy it. We wanted to keep this relatively short, so we are going to close it out. But I'd like to give you both a chance to provide any kind of closing remarks um, about the book or about this issue more broadly. I guess I'd just say that uh, both as being fortunate to be able to write this book with Peter and also as president of the American Constitution Society. When we think about our Constitution, we see the attacks on our democracy. We have to understand that there are elements out there that appear to be willing to do anything. I mean, I would have said earlier in my life, oh, people would never try to do that. They would never try to say that state legislatures could ignore the courts about who won an election. They would, they, they, they would never sort of try to pack the court with ideologues. They would never try to subvert elections by intimidating people in the Secretary of State's offices and at the polls. And so what we see here is in some way the ultimate threat, that there is a possibility here of the Constitution itself being damaged or harmed or ruined uh, because of these possibilities. So my, my message is this is part of the bigger picture. This is democracy's moment of truth and the threat to the Constitution is part of it. And I would just add that we need to have a debate that goes back to the founding. You know, what does America stand for? And what does it mean uh, to live in this, this uh, unique American form of democracy? And a key element of that is the fundamental claim that the people constitute their government and that they can change their government. And that is a, a deeply American belief and it's one that citizens should take to heart uh, and and study it intently. I agree. I appreciate both of you being here today. Thank you, everyone, for joining. And again, you can hear a longer conversation with Russ and Peter on our podcast, Broken Law, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, Jeannie.